Hello, I'm Daniel. Some of you might know you, uh, know me. Some of you might not. Uh, but like I assume many of you, I grew up in a Christian home. Well, growing is an overstatement, but you know, still. <laughs> um, but you know, I've so I've grown up with God being in my life, and that means that I grew up with, you know, hearing or at least and even seeing miracles in my life. For example, I have a little brother called Michael. He's now seven, but when he was about six weeks old, he had a liver transplant, um, and thankfully uh, God provided, and he got a liver which was perfect for him, which is like one of the rarest things you can think about it. So that's kind of my miracle. Um, but, you know, so growing up, I always thought, um, do you want, yeah. <laughs> Growing up, I always thought that everybody knew about miracles because, you know, we, tell, we, we would tell people about miracles if you, uh, you know, lived through one. <laughs> but um, the other week, my friend, um, we, we talk about his big objections about God and why he doesn't believe in God. And for me, I, you know, I always argue against him, basically. And he asked me, why doesn't God perform miracles anymore? If he did so many things in the Bible, why doesn't he do them anymore? And I was confused because, you know, he does. I'm I'm pretty sure most of you will have heard or seen a miracle that God has performed uh, in your life. However, uh, many atheists and many people out there have never seen or heard of a miracle that God has done. And even if they have, they probably won't believe it because there's so much out there which you just cannot prove. And people are critical, which is fair enough. Um, So, as I'm going to read, I just want you guys to look at how Jesus acts um, and how that affects people around him and then how the miracle affects people around him. And before I'm going to pray, I'm just going to, before I read, I'm just going to pray real quick because it kind of helps Uh, me understand what I'm doing, Uh, (laughs) because, yeah, so if you want to bow your heads or do whatever you want, Um, Lord, I just pray you come into this room um, and, you know, bless us, Lord, and open our hearts to whatever you've given us, uh, uh, us, us, the speakers, um, the message you've given us that, you know, we can translate that to the other people, and that uh, we can take this message and we can take it into our hearts, Lord, and that we take it when we live. Amen. Right, so, this is Luke, uh, not Luke, John 4. (laughs) So, when Jesus arrived in Galilee, the people there welcomed him, because they had gone to the Passover festival in Jerusalem and had seen everything he had done during the miracle. So, the first thing we find out is that Jesus is being welcomed and surrounded by people who have heard what he's done. So immediately we know miracles draw people to God. So in John 2 uh, verse 3, this, is, this won't be on the board, but it just says to clarify what he's actually done at the Passover festival. Uh, it says, while Jesus was in Jerusalem during the Passover festival, many believed in him as they saw the miracles he performed. So the reason people believed in him was because of the miracles. Well, not quite. I'll get onto that in a second. But that's because miracles, by definition, are impossible. So when Jesus performed a miracle, it showed that his, he had the power to do the impossible, and therefore he must be God, because no one else could perform such a miracle. Um, 
However, that draws people to him. The, thing why, the reason why people follow him and the reason why people still follow him today is because they saw who he was and actually they saw the love he had for them. Because Jesus performed miracles out of love for the person. He didn't do it as a massive show for the audience who were watching. Instead, he did it for the person. There's multiple um, examples, which I can't name, but <laughs> um, where Jesus performs a miracle and then tells the people to not tell everyone, but instead keep it quiet, because he didn't want it to be a big event. He just wanted to heal that person. So actually, it's an act of love, not just power. Um, As we read on, it says, uh, a Roman official who, like many people today, uh, is definitely not a believer in Christ, he comes to Jesus, uh, and when he heard what Jesus had come, that had Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked um, him to go to Capernaum and heal his son. So again, a non-believer is drawn to the Messiah because of, what, uh, because of the miracles he has performed. Then, after this, he begs for Jesus to come and heal his son. And you know what Jesus says? He doesn't, he doesn't go. Instead, he says, go, your son will live. And the man believed Jesus' words and went. But the thing is, if you were a parent or are a parent, and your son was, or child was really ill yeah, and, you, and dying, would you really just believe, especially if you're a non-believer, would you believe this man to just go back home instead of him coming with you and touching your child? Surely you'd want him to come and say, oh, touch my son, heal him. I've seen you do it before. I've heard you do it before. But no. He sees Jesus, and he sees the authority and peace and love that Jesus has, and he knows Jesus is the real God. Yeah, he's the real deal. So he, doesn't, he knows if Jesus tells me I can just go home, then he knows my son will be healed. So that's why he does it. Um, where am I? There we go. Um, yeah, so when he met Jesus, that's when he believed but the, again, the miracle is the thing that draws, but it's also the thing that seals the deal. And then at the end it says, uh, yeah, so you read on, and um, it was one o'clock yesterday afternoon when the fever left him. So this is when the um, royal official comes, well, not even comes home. The servants run to him because they know, because the son's been healed. And they are like, and he asks, at what time was, uh, was my son healed? And they're like, at one o'clock. And then he, clock, like, he remembers that's the time when Jesus told him that uh, his son would be healed. And without hesitation, his whole household believed. So I'm saying, although, although you know, we can love people, but actually miracles, they draw people to God and they can also seal the deal, like with this entire Roman household of non-believers who all believed because of God's miracle. Um, so, and many of you today will be like, well, I'm not Jesus. I, I'm not even uh, a, you know, a pastor or anything. I can't do this. Um, I'm not part of some like, big church event where they do massive healing nights and stuff. Uh, you know, how am I meant to do this? Um, and actually... Often I have the same thoughts. Uh, I have this. Have you ever had like an urge to pray for someone, and then you decide not to because you're like, ah, what if I, what, what if they don't get healed? What if that doesn't happen? 
Uh, and often I regret not doing, not praying. Uh, so I've only prayed for strangers about three times, I think. Uh, one didn't want prayer, and the other two weren't healed. So that, <laughs> that's pretty demoralizing, right? Uh, but that's not going to stop me praying because, uh, <laughs> because to me, it's actually, it's not so much about the healing. It's more about the act of love when you pray for them for healing. Because the person realizes I am loved by this person, by this random stranger, or even friend, yeah? I'm loved so much that they're willing to pray for me to get better, and I guarantee you they won't feel that. They won't feel that with anyone else, and especially not by a stranger. So actually, if the person doesn't get healed, and I encourage you to pray more for people, but if someone isn't healed, actually, you don't know how that affects them. Something in their heart might change when you pray for them. And actually, I guarantee to you that they won't just forget the fact that you just prayed for them. Um, So I just encourage you to go out and be more courageous when you pray. Because often, you know, we have such an impact, but we don't know it. Um, And there's this, you know, really cringy saying of, you, uh, you miss all the shots you don't try, or whatever. Wait. Uh, that was wrong. Uh, you miss every shot you don't make. There you go. Okay, that's probably still wrong. <laughs> but um, essentially what it's saying is you need to actually try and take a shot, otherwise you won't ever score, you know? Um, and the same thing here applies. I think you just need to try, and I'm, sh- I'm sure we will see so many more healings if we just are more open to prayer, even for strangers. Thank you.